This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Came into this world to be a father to, to my kids. And, you know, when they use that word father, it's different from being a daddy. I have a lifetime commitment to my kids. And even as a single dad, it's like, you gotta stay focused on your kids. Like my kids mean everything to me. How many kids do you have? All together, I have nine. Yeah. No way! <laughs> Damn! <laughs> okay. I don't drink or smoke, so. <laughs> That's a much better hobby. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? It's Allison. I want to thank you for tuning in once again to the Allison Interviews podcast. So this episode is with Master P, and I have to tell you, I have had friends tell me for so many years how much they admire and respect this man, not just in the hip-hop and urban community, but just clear across the board for his ability to really start from nothing and build himself into one of the most brilliant business and financial minds in the entertainment industry, his ability to build generational wealth, have his hand in so many different artistic and business-related endeavors, and really create this amazing dynasty for his family. It's just nothing short of amazing, and it was really an honor and a privilege to sit down with him and get to know him and, and ask him all of these amazing questions. He's truly a magnificent human being, and I really hope you guys will enjoy this interview. So sit back, relax, or do whatever you're doing, and uh, listen to me and Master P just chop it up. What are the three life events that shape the person you are today? First of all, I would say God. I would say my kids, my family, and just being able to be blessed. But was there anything in your life that was a turning point for you where maybe you were one way and then something happened and it completely transformed you? Yeah, I mean, I, I started realizing that we don't have to dwell on our past. It's okay to move forward. It's okay to better yourself. It's okay to have faith. Nobody's perfect. So I, I just think that that's what it was for me. I feel like once I start having kids, I start realizing that I had more to live for and, and also that I wanted to be around to watch them grow up. So I had to start making the right choices. And, and that's what I want to get to anybody that's watching this and, and looking at my journey saying that if P could do it, I could do it. Uh, it's okay to better yourself. And one thing my grandfather always told me, say, if you want to be successful and you want to live longer, mind your business and stay out of other people's business. So. <laughs> huh. Okay. <laughs> I should take that advice. So growing up where you grew up. Yes. What gave you the power of belief that you could become everything you became? Was it a mentor or did it just come within, was it just within you? Well, I would always say my grandfather, but it was also knowing that you don't have nothing, but you're making the best out of what you have. And I think a lot of people don't realize that just having life 
even with what we're going through now, through this pandemic, you never know when somebody gonna walk out that door and you're never gonna see them again. When you live in private, you know that it's the only way is up. And I think even people that's living okay, you, sh you should think like that. Like every day is a blessing. And I, I think that's what pushed me and motivated me. And I think we shouldn't wanna be around people that's gonna hold us back. Even right. in poverty, I, I started realizing that if I'm gonna be successful, I have to cut the negative people off around me because they they are holding me back. Everybody has 24 hours mad or angry, upset at other people, and they 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 judging what other people have. So you know that hate end up being more important than a positive. Than you making it out and you betting yourself, you envying and jealous of other people. You would never get nowhere. So what I did, I, I started celebrating people. When, when I was living in property, I started looking at other people. They had a nice car, a nice house. I started being happy for them. And when you start doing that, then blessings will start coming to you, knowing that you could be happy for somebody else's success. And I think that's the that's the key. When you start being envy and jealous, you're never going to get nowhere because now you're putting your time and energy into mm -hmm. negative things and negative thoughts. You have no time to, to be successful. I tell people all the time, everybody want to get to the bag. You'll never get to the bag if you negative and envy and jealous. I mean, pride took the devil out of heaven and he took three fourths of the angels with him. So we have to stop that pride and put that to the side and say, let me invest my time into something positive. Let me invest my time into to me being a better person. Yep. So. And you started off as a basketball player. Yeah. Was music your plan B? Because, I mean, the plan B turned out great, but was that yeah. what happened? So I was good in music, but I didn't know I was that good until I actually got into it. When I got hurt, so people got to realize you might think you're going one direction, but God will put you in another direction. But, you know, and, and you might be sad about that. You didn't make it in that. So when I got hurt in basketball in college, I felt like I had failed everybody in my family because I, I was supposed to go to the pros. I'm thinking I'm, I'm on my way. I better take care of my family, get them out the ghetto. But when I got hurt and I tell people all the time, let your failures take you to the next level. Let your failures take you to being great. I use that failure. I remember my grandfather saying, look, son, don't sit around here and just keep worrying about what happened. You got to go make something else happen. And so I had to find something else that I love. And, and God opened up a bigger door. I thought this door was gonna open, but most of my friends that played basketball at the time I played, I mean, they didn't make that much money playing basketball in the NBA. And what I was able to do, it was just unheard of. And by me going to college, educating myself, and I, and I think it's all about education because I could have easily just been in the music business, but without the, the right education, I don't think my mindset would have been the way it is today in the way I was thinking about stuff and thinking about business. What's so, so interesting to me is that so many people, if they think they're going to go one way and it yeah. doesn't necessarily work, they dig their heels in and they're like, no, this is what I said I was going to do when I was 18. And they don't realize that the universe is trying yeah. to take them in a different direction. And you know that doesn't it, mean failure. It could nah, mean the nah, ultimate, nah. you know. Nah, I mean, uh, it's not a loss, it's a lesson. 
Right. And sometimes God puts you on a different trail. You know, that was just a part to get you to that other side where you need to go at. So don't exactly. be afraid. Don't be afraid to take the journey. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 what I did. I say, you know what? Let me take this journey and see how far I could take this. And, and everybody that I asked about you, yes, they all said the same thing. That the number one thing that comes to mind when your name is brought up is that you were never owned by a record label, that you always owned your own music. That's the like the number one thing that everybody thinks of when they think about you. Was that part of the plan too? Or was that a result of not getting signed to a label? How did that happen? Now, uh, so it happened with uh, my, my grandfather. He was in the, he was in the war. And uh, when he came back home, they were supposed to give him $10,000 a go to buy a house. And they never gave it to him. And so he always told me, say, grandson, you need to start your own business, start your own army. And that's where the whole military, the no limit, the camouflage came from. And and I knew that I had to be independent. I had to be, if I'm going to build something for my family, that started as a kid to where my grandfather instilled that into me to where, like, we're not going to be able to make it in their system. We have to create our own. And it just stuck with me. And then I've always went against the grain to say, I can't just work for a paycheck because I lived in a project with 16 people in a three bedroom apartment. So I had so many people, so many mouths to feed. And I'm like, I can't do that with a regular paycheck. I have to own this. And I've always kept that mentality to where when you look at African-Americans and Latinos, we don't own anything. Mm-hmm. And so that that was my mindset to change that narrative, to be able to own my own masters, to be able to put other people on, to build other executives, not just walk into a company where I'm getting a job. I'm walking into one of these companies saying that I'm going to own this company. I'm going to be able to put my people on. So that, that was the importance of that. And I think the education and the knowledge part, we search and seek and pray for money but we don't search and seek and pray for knowledge and information. That's going to get us to our destiny. Yes. I love that you said that because I pray every night with my son and we never ask for things. We say, thank you. And we pray for wisdom. We pray for clarity. We pray for love. We pray for health, but we never ask for things because thank you is the most powerful thing that attracts things to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, Oh, When you bless others, blessings will come. People say, well, what's your most important job? My most important job is to be in a servant. It's not about being a boss. It's about being a servant, being able to serve my community, being able to serve underprivileged kids, being able to serve the, the elderly, and, and being able to educate the next generation. I think that that's my most important job. Yeah, so your kids are lucky to have you. Yes, Yes, I'm lucky to have them too. You started off uh, in an interesting way. So you opened for Tupac Shakur at the beginning of your music career. What was it like being his opening act? It was crazy because everybody wanted to see Tupac. They didn't care about me. (laughs) You know, I was happy to just have somebody jump up and, you know, and and being on a roll with Tupac, I said, I'm going to turn this one. Because like one guy was just going crazy for me in the audience. I said, I'm going to turn that one fan into millions. Okay. And to be able to sell 100 million records later is, is just incredible. Uh, knowing that 
if you believe in something, you don't have to be the best because I wasn't the best at first. Uh, I, I had to get in the studio. I had to work hard. Like, like, you know, basketball was my life at first. So I had to right. really learn music, how to do music. I was living in the West Coast and I had a sudden slur to how I talk and everything. So it's like I had to get myself better. And, and, and they say the best way to do that is staying in the gym. So I had to stay in the gym, which is the studio, and get mm -hmm. better. So don't be afraid to outwork everybody. What I did was I outworked those guys while they was partying, playing, going on the road, mm -hmm. uh, just having fun. I was in the studio working. I said, while they sleep, I'm going to be working. And I got better and better and better. And that's what life is about, putting in the work. Nobody going to give you anything. But you got to go out there and take your opportunity, create your own opportunity. And that's what I did. What did he think of your music? Because like you came from the South, you weren't from New York, you weren't from California. What did he think of your music? At first they didn't understand it. And then they start catching on, they start listening and saying, mm -hmm. you know, as we getting into some of them Southern markets and seeing how people was gravitating to my music, you know, they started listening, start saying, man, it's all right. And, and in the end, Tupac really started liking my music. So that was a blessing because he was the biggest star in the world in hip hop at the time. Mm -hmm. And to have him jamming to my music, I knew that I was on my way. Okay. Considering history, like considering what happened to him and what yeah. happened to Biggie, you know, what are your thoughts on some of the feuds that are going on now, like between Kanye West and Drake and things that are becoming really public and kind of crossing the lines of safety? Yeah, well, I don't think people realize that they have all these fans that might even be crazy and take this in their own hands. So we, we got to watch what we do. It's, it's a lot of selfish people out in the world and it's a lot of snakes in the world. So you got to watch it. I think when you're at this level and you're making this type of money, even the young artists that were losing, losing their lives in, in hip hop, mm -hmm. which is sad, is like, we got to be thankful and, and, and take this as a blessing and grow. I'm just saying to myself, I think it's the people around you. You got to have people give you better advice or you got to hang around better people. And, and also you got to be able to be uh, your, your own critic to where you got to do what's right. You got to hold yourself accountable. I, I've always had self-accountability and start thinking about what you say or what you do, how it affect and how it hurt other people. And you wouldn't want that to be happen to you or your family. I just think it's so much other stuff going on in the world that we need to be focusing on that than this negativity when everybody is making money. We should be happy right now. A lot of this self-hate. And I also said my most important thing that I look at life, I said I would sit in a sewer and eat cheese with rats than sit at a nice restaurant and drank champagne and lobster and steak with a snake. And, and I think that's what a lot of us are doing. Like we are sharing our wealth, we're around the wrong people that's really our snakes. And those people are gonna come back to bite you because you can't see it. And I think we have to change the way we think. We gotta start thinking about love instead of hate. That's the only way we can get past this and appreciate what we got. If you get to that level of the game, like some of these artists have made it, like why lose what you have? And once you get killed or go to the jail, I mean, there's no turning back. Right. 
If you could travel back in time and either bear witness to or alter any famous historical event, where would you go and what would you attempt to either change or just be there to witness in person? Yeah, the Martin Luther King shooting. Like, I feel like he he left too soon. Like, that guy was on to something incredible. I have so much respect for him that if... I just think sometimes, imagine what if somebody told him not to go to the hotel, but, you know, he didn't have that much security with him, whatever, like, it, it just didn't seem right. Like, right. I feel like we had so much more to learn from him. So that would be my, and, and this guy was nonviolent. He wanted to bring people together, Blacks, Whites, Asian, Latinos. Like, I've never seen uh, a person like that. Right. And, and not not saying he was perfect, you know, because nobody's perfect, but just what he stood for when he brought people together. And it's the reason why we able to have our freedom today and being able to work with each other and, and not be judged by color. So I think that's that's what I would want to be wow. a part of. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and he was a dreamer. So being able to have somebody to dream like that yeah, uh, is, is incredible. And what do you think you came into this life as Percy Miller to learn? And what do you think you came here to teach? Well, um, I think I came into this world to be a student of the world. I'm constantly learning every day and getting better. Mm-hmm. And also realized I came into this world to be, to be a father to, to my kids and, and everybody, you know, when they use that word father, it's, it's different from being a daddy. I have a lifetime commitment to my kids. And even as a single dad, it's like, you gotta, you gotta stay focused on your kids. Like my kids mean everything to me. And you have, how many kids do you have? I have all together. I have nine. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay. I don't drink or smoke, so. <laughs> it's a much better hobby. <laughs> That's funny. What's your philosophy for raising happy, well-adjusted kids? Yeah. Uh, nobody's perfect. You have to deal with Everybody has their own individuals. Some kids you can scream at, some kids you got to talk softly to, some kids you have to take them to the side and, and nourish them. And it's, it's just, you have to be prepared. I think basketball prepared me for being a father, knowing when you're on the court, it's certain people, you know, it's, it's all these different personalities, the same way as raising kids. Mm -hmm. You have to know that you, you have different personalities. Some kids want a lot of your attention. Some kids want to go off and do their own thing. And so you have to know that. And, right. and you, have to be, you have to be prepared to sacrifice. And it's not about you no more. Like my life is not about me no more. It's about my kids. So I'll do anything for them. And I think a lot of parents are not prepared for that. They still want to go and live their best life. But if you have kids, you don't get a chance to do that no more. It's yep, yep, 100%. <laughs> what is something that you have yet to master? in your life? I, I think I have yet to master technology. Technology oh, okay. keep changing. It just keeps changing. Every time you get 
you like, I got this, I'm, I'm on this level, and it's like something else new coming out, which is a good thing. Time mm-hmm. is studying, growing, and uh, we are constantly getting better. And you just look at all the things that you're like, wow, in a couple of years, we're supposed to be flying in automobiles. Like, it, it don't even seem right, but you know it's going to happen. Yeah. But like 20 or 30 years ago, what we're doing right now wouldn't have seemed right, right? Yes. It would have been yeah. totally weird. Okay, so what is still on your bucket list? What's still on my bucket list is being able to, I don't know, I've been thinking about that, but I guess being able to, uh, I want to put together like a, a superhero movie that's owned by us, like mm-hmm. not by Hollywood or just being able to, because if you look at uh, Black Panther, that movie made billions of dollars, but it wasn't owned by us. It looked like us. So I, I want to change that narrative. That's the real bucket list of mine. But you today. don't think it made movies with an all-Black cast that much more marketable, that much more in demand because yeah, of what it is? See, but think about this, right? After the movie was over, we went back home and nobody really benefited. I mean... The guy that died that made the movie, his salary was 500000 and he ended up making maybe $2 million or $3 million mm-hmm. from a billion-dollar movie. Right. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. makes $70 million when he do Iron Man. And this movie was way big. So I'm just saying to be able to yeah. put money back in the culture and the community all for our work. Okay. That's that's a game change. I get, yeah, I get that. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. 
Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, what's up? What's up? I hope you guys enjoyed the first half of the interview with Master P. So in the second part of the interview, we're actually bringing filmmaker Lazriel Lassone on for a three-way conversation. He is the director of P's new movie, Hashtag Unknown, which is premiering exclusively on Amazon Prime October 1st just in time for the Halloween season. It's a bit of a thriller, and it uh, looks like it's going to be a really cool film. So Master P, Lazriel, and I talk about Lazriel's experience in working with Master P. They worked together on the production of the film, and then Lazriel also directed Master P in a role in the film as well. So we just talk about what it was like for Lazriel to direct uh, Master P in this movie, and they have a lot of really cool things to say. So enjoy the second half. Lazriel, let me start with you. You have your own film production company. How did that start? Because you wear a lot of different hats. How did you start in the film business and how did you get to the point where you now have your own um, production company? I always say, you know, when I when I jumped into this film game, I just always wanted to be about, just like so many people, when you start in this business, you, a little bit of naivete, but a little bit of like just trying to be in charge of your own destiny. I knew in order to really make myself stand out, I would have to like pretty much early on start producing a lot of content, my own content. And that was many years ago. And, and now, you know, many years later, here I am. But how did you get people in the industry to trust you? Because I know like for me, it's like brick by brick. It's like this person trusts you, then this person trusts you. Do you know what I'm saying? How did that, that, how did that work? That's, that's, the, that's the same way here. It, it just comes down to actually, it's one thing to do products, mm-hmm. but the game changed when you actually start selling products. And that's pretty much, I had did quite a few projects before you start getting people to trust you. And then, you know, once I really understood the game and understood the business Mm -hmm. of the art, 
then, you know, started actually going from doing films to getting distribution for films to actually making money off films. Okay. That was the game changer. <laughs> All right. Got it. Okay. And P is an executive producer on this film. Yes. Okay. So tell me, how does that work? How, how does that work together? So you're the producer, he's the executive producer. For people who don't know, how does that synergy work when you're putting a movie well, together? Well, P and I, this is our second project. Okay. We just had another project that was released uh, early that came out in February of this year called mm -hmm. Never and Again. So basically, executive producer is kind of like a, a, a mixture of producer and executive producer, basically a person that kind of oversees it, sees it through. Uh, P is a very busy, busy person. So he's somebody that he have a team that he trusts and, you know, he come and he oversee it. We check in, he come out to the set and it just so happened in this film, he's a little bit more hands-on because he's actually in the film, right? but in the film as well. But executive producer is the person that basically keeps it together, you know, gets us to the finish line on everything mm -hmm. and um yeah pretty much okay a little bit of everything a, a little bit of everything okay a little bit of everything so p what is it because i know you you have so many different businesses you do so many yeah. things what is it about acting and acting on film that appeals to you that you're doing a lot of that now yeah well i think uh when you get to a certain level of life and you want to bring projects to life so I think for me, it's almost like being two different people. So I could go be a businessman on this side and I could come back and utilize my acting skills and, and my fan base and just feeding them. It's, it's connecting to audience and letting people see me different ways. Like in this movie, I play the mayor and this is a suspense thriller. And to be able to let people see me in different ways. The next movies I want to play like police chief or army person or something like that. Like I, I want to go beyond just the regular what you think you would see me in a movie. I'm even thinking about like how Ernest Schwarzenegger played kindergarten cop. I want to do like a, a movie like that, like in an elementary school. I don't know, being a teacher or principal or something, I don't know, but I'm looking at that. I just, I like to go out of my regular character. It's fun for me being able to, to portray other people, you know, real life stories, some fictional, but just being able to bring that character to life. I feel like that's another talent of mine. So it's a blessing. Do you, do you feel at home on a film set? Do, does it feel yeah. natural? Yeah, it feel natural. I, I, I feel good. I, I feel like, you know what? I know that it's a serious job. I know that you got a lot of other people on the set that, that are depending on you. Mm -hmm. So you have to be prepared. And, and, and think about others and, and knowing that you have to have your stuff together because other people, we, we have to make these movies in a certain amount of time. So yeah. uh, you have to be a professional. So yeah, I love it. When I'm on the set, I, I think is this my next thing? Uh, I kind of had a taste of it okay. in, in my youth, but I feel like now I could play some of those roles. I could play a daddy, I could play whatever. So I'm, I'm ready now. Okay. <laughs> So tell me about the plot of Unknown and you guys can go one at a time. So P will start with you and then we'll go into Lazriel. So tell me about the story of Unknown. 
Yeah, when you think about unknown, it's like I said, it's a suspense thriller, but it's also about a relationship. It's also about trust and faith in somebody. Like his girl don't believe him what's going on. And in all these murders that happened years ago, how this all came back. So nobody really know what's happening. And I think uh, when you look at the movie could be scary. It could, it has a great plot to it, but at the same time, you know, people are going through stuff like this all the time because you, your mind constantly trying to figure out, is this true? Did this happen? When did it happen? So, I mean, for me, I, I think that's, that's what it's about for me. When I, when I think about the story, it's about, you know, even a couple trying to figure out, do they trust each other? Is this guy, what he's saying, is it real? And it, and it starts showing in life, like, how do you really believe in a person you with? And like, do you ever guy, really know somebody? Exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> so that's the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lazriel, do you want to jump in? I think that he pretty much said it in a nutshell, basically this writer who's who's going into his second novel and he basically just started receiving these calls and he basically becomes obsessed. He becomes obsessed with the, he get these calls from these random people. And because based like P said, it's this thriller that is it real, is it not real? He basically loses his grip on reality. And you know, you're going to go through a journey. You're going to go through a journey. And then what you think is, you wonder, is it really real? You know, is and basically the calls are from the unknown. But he goes and, down know, a but, rabbit hole trying to solve these murders. Yeah, he go down the rabbit hole trying to trying to put together the pieces to this. But does it have anything to do with because it's about an author? Does it have anything to do with the book he's writing? Is it does it start off as research for the book that he's supposed no, to be because, writing? Because he's actually on his second novel. He's on another novel. So he has some semi-success with the first novel. Mm -hmm. So he don't get a chance to really get into the second novel because he get distracted. So this so, is what uh, he was covering in the first one. Is that what uh, it is? What's that? Were these murders? Is it something he initially researched to write the first novel? Is that no. how it starts? Okay, so no. this is just like something that just takes him away from his career entirely. This takes him away from his career, yeah. Like what is the mayor, how does the mayor come into play? How does Peace Care? Well, the mayor is the head of the town. The mayor is the head of the town. He basically is the one that, that kind of, you know, we have cast like with Judd Nelson, with, like I say, Master P, Denise Boutte, Tom Sizemore, mm -hmm. Hal Ozen, and, and basically... The mayor is the one that's, he want this done. He want this over. Okay. So that's where the mayor comes in at. Uh, and, you know, and like I say, and he's the one that's over the whole sheriff department. And you got this small, peaceful town. And he ain't trying to have that. Got it. So he wanted to end. Because, you know, like okay. I say, you know, he does an amazing job. And, I mean, he just basically, you know, want to keep it together. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. It's politics. Yeah, it's we, politics, don't, we don't want a scandal. <laughs> but his re-election. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, um, it takes people on a journey, and it and it takes you to a place where 
you know, you're going to ask a lot of questions and who is it? It's just, it's basically a mystery thriller gets pretty, pretty intense and it's going to be great for this Halloween season. Okay. Okay. And what do you guys each think about how COVID is reshaping the film industry in general? Because so many films now are being released in theaters and streaming at home at the same time because so many people now are staying just staying home more often uh, and people see now that they can do that. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think it's great because people are being able to enjoy these movies and getting a chance to see it when they want to see it. Mm-hmm. So streaming is, is so important and we focusing on that. My screen right there. <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to go to Amazon and, and see this movie unknown and it's, it's, it's incredible. I think it's the new wave. And uh, a lot of people want to be safe during this pandemic. And this is a great way to put movies out now. Do you think that can a movie release be as exciting of an event and also as profitable when people, the majority elect to watch it at home instead of in the theater? Well, we're going to have to adapt to the times. And that's what we are doing. Because everybody has a church. Some people still want to go to theaters and see films, but some people are more comfortable right now saying, you know what, with everything that's going on, I'd rather be at home and be safe. So this is about safety now. Yeah, a lot of these movies are not gonna make the money they normally would make, but when you look at the streaming, I mean, those numbers are about to start going up. So it's just a new way. We gotta get prepared for it and, and adapt to it. I think a lot of people are adapting to this now. Okay. And do you guys plan to keep working together on different yeah. projects? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything in the works? Well, we want this one. We definitely got a lot of, you know, as filmmakers and producers, you always got other things on the slate, but we, but we just want to definitely make this one as successful as it can. Yeah. Okay. And Lazriel, what is your favorite thing about directing P in a, in a movie? Flexibility. I mean, you could tell P, you know, he's maybe because like as a businessman, he wears so many hats. And when you wear different hats, it requires flexibility, a lot of flexibility. And it was because I worked with him a little bit in the last film, but it was good to really, this is a different character. And I always say in film, it's no such thing as a small role. It's about, you can bring so much to it. And, and then I loved it about him that he was flexible. And as a director, I'm always like flexible in the sense that I could write it on paper, what I think the person would say, but when you give a soul to that character, it's you. You tell me what he would say. And watching P bring it to life and he was like trying different things i'm like wow i like that i could tell as he got into it the character just came to life character came to life and i think that when people see him they be like wow you know i really enjoyed uh it was great it was great because he's used to being the boss in so many situations is he easy to direct does he take direction well yes yeah absolutely I think every, it comes down to trust. And I, I could tell that he trust he trusts me in this situation. And, you know, because at the end of the day, with me being the director, I want the best thing for the project. Right, of course. Uh, 
And so it was, it was easy. I had no complaints. I think that he went over and beyond, over and beyond. You know, it's always so cool when you can see the executive producer also be a student. You know what I'm yes. saying? So it was great. It was an honor. And it's, all, it's all about being a team player. When you're making a film, you have to know that we're bringing something to life. So it's, it's never about me. And I, I learned that from playing sports. It's, it's no I and team. Like, I, right. I just thought that we had a great group of people that everybody was professional and everybody did their job. So when I get on a movie set, it's not about me being a boss or the executive producer. If I'm an actor, then I have to play my role. And you have to let the director play his role mm -hmm. uh, and everybody else in the cast have to play their role if we're going to win. And I think that's what it's about. You have to be able to adjust. And we talked about this earlier. To be a good teacher, you got to be a good student. So mm -hmm. I'm constantly learning to get better. And I think that's what makes the acting. I know that I'm on my way to, to doing some great things and bring, bringing some great projects to life. So because I, I want to keep getting better. Even when you look at somebody like a Samuel Jackson, I mean, he didn't get stronger in his game until he was old. So, uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan yeah, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Not a great example. So, yes, yeah, yeah. so I think that it's going to be, it's going to open up a lot of doors, but it's also about trusting the process and getting better and getting better and getting better and putting the work in. So, this is about growing for me. I don't judge this from my music to nothing else that I've done, my business. I take acting serious because I want to constantly keep growing and getting better in it. Okay. And Unknown is being released October 1st? Yes. October 1st, yes. Okay. Is it going to be in the theaters? Is it going to be streaming? Where is it going to be? It's going to be right now, pretty much, we got a exclusive deal right now where hashtag unknown going to be released on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be released on Amazon Prime. Awesome. And then... And then through them, you know, we'll be able to have some secondary outlets. People can also find like Google Play, iTunes, things like that. But it's primarily the exclusive thing is with Amazon Prime. Okay. So hashtag unknown, October 1st, Amazon Prime. I read in Black Enterprise that you created a car company. Tell me about this. You're calling it a supercar. Yeah, so I didn't create the car. It's a guy that's been working on uh, building this car for a while. And I was able to put him on my masterpiece reviews. And then I got behind the project. So this is great to, to have a guy that's been working with so many other great car companies and create his own supercar. And me being a part of helping him market and promote that. That's what it's about for me to be able to help people like that and bring their dreams to life. So yeah, it's a blessing. And he was at Tesla, right? He was an engineer at Tesla. And what makes it a supercar? Well, just the, the things that he created and the technology that he know about building cars. And I mean, what makes it a supercar is able to compete with all the other supercars out there and has just as much as the technology into his car. Mm -hmm. that, that they've been having in cars. And that's the thing that make it, makes it a supercar. It's it's a real supercar, you know. So. Is it hybrid? Is it electric? Is it? So he have a different kinds. And I think that he's bringing that to life now to be able to put out the hybrids, the electrics. So, I mean, I can't wait. I, I can't wait till it's done. Okay. Well, I want to thank you guys so much. This was awesome. I got yeah. such good material and just thank you for trusting me and thank yeah, you for your time. 
Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank take you, care, guys. guys. All right. Okay, bye. So that was a really, really dope interview. I hope you guys agree. If you do, please give me a review on Apple Podcasts. It's a free way to help me out. Please share the interview. I really want to get these interviews to as many people as possible because you know what? We are all human in this experience. And I think sharing this information, sharing this inspiration, sharing these ideas is what humanity is all about. And I really aim to do that. That's why I do what I do. That's why I love what I do. And that's what I want for all of you guys. I want you guys to do your life's work, whatever that may be. And I don't care where you get your paycheck. I care about you doing what you love and what moves you and what makes you feel like you are contributing to this world. I don't care if you do it at night. I don't care if you do it on the weekend. I don't care if you volunteer. You know what I'm saying? But get in there and do what makes your heart sing. And for me, it's sharing these amazing stories from these amazing people with you guys and with as many people as possible. So again, thank you for tuning into Allison Interviews. I hope you'll stick around and keep listening to these podcasts. They mean the world to me, and I hope they mean the world to you. And that's it for now. I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.